Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. This is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness, help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. Today's gorgeous conversation was with the what I would consider to be the world's leading expert on all things water and the technology that exists around water. Water is a pretty complex subject. I think many of us just think that H2O is H2O. Robert Slovak, the guest of today, will beg a differ on this topic and we get into all the intricacies of water filtration devices, the origin source of different water, different between spring water or filtered water or distilled water. It is a highly nuanced subject and is something that really can make a massive difference in your athletic performance, your recovery, and he gets into some pretty interesting research on the impact of various different illnesses as well. So this conversation is far-reaching. We get into topics relevant to what's happening in the world presently uh, in various ways, get into deuterium depleted water, what the heck that is in the first place and why it matters, which water filtration system is the best for you, and much more. I know you guys are going to absolutely devour this conversation. We recorded this in my sauna in Santa Monica. This was recorded several months ago, and uh, yeah, very excited to share it with you guys. Robert truly is a legend. He is the primary pioneer in the production of reverse osmosis water, so most of you guys are probably familiar with RO filters or reverse osmosis filters, and you either have one in your home or you've had some RO water in the last week probably, depending upon where you're at, and this is the guy that created that technology. Pretty big deal. And he is now the world's leading expert on all things deuterium depleted water, which is a really fascinating subject. So I think you guys are going to love it and uh, look forward to y'all digging in. Before we get started, I wanted to thank our sponsors, Inside Tracker. I know every single one of you listening right now is striving for more energy, better sleep, a healthy immune system, improved personal performance, and the vitality you need to live longer, better, healthier lives. Am I right? But it's confusing out there. There is a barrage and cacophony of biased, misleading, impersonal information that creates doubt and confusion, obscuring your way forward. Everyone is telling you something different, and it's impossible to know who to believe. Diets and health routines aren't and shouldn't be cookie-cutter plans, because each and every one of us is different. That's why I just got done testing with Inside Tracker. My test results gave me a very clear, definitive picture of what my body looks like on the inside, a clear measure of whether my diet and exercise choices are helping or hurting me, and a clear idea of who or what to trust when it comes to health, wellness, and performance guidance. If you are tired of guessing, tired of all the confusion, and tired of just following someone else's plan that works for them, but not necessarily for you, then I highly suggest checking out inside tracker they give you a clear plan on how to make the best nutrition and exercise choices for your body get 25 percent off the entire inside tracker store by heading over to insidetracker.com forward slash align again that's 25 percent off the entire inside tracker store when you go to insidetracker.com slash align i'd also like to thank eaton hemp for supporting this podcast i am a major fan of hemp products in general, and specifically Eaton Hemp. Did you know unhold hemp seeds contain omega-3s and omega-6s at a perfect ratio of one to three, which is what is ideal for our bodies. They're the only plant-based source with this ideal ratio. Omegas are fatty acids that can help your body in positive ways, but when you consume more omega-6 
then omega-3, you trigger inflammation and even weight gain. Omega-6s are found in the American diet in excess. That's why we need to intentionally eat foods that are higher in omega-3 and ideally have that perfect ratio. Although most hemp seeds you find on shelves are hulled, that's why I love eating hemp's unhulled toasted hemp seeds. But you don't just want to buy any hemp seed, whether it's unhulled or not. It's extremely important for it to be USDA certified organic. And hemp is a phytoremediation plant, so it sucks up whatever is in the soil that it's grown in. This includes the good and the bad. Eaton Hemp is proudly USDA organic and third-party lab tested, so you can rest assured it is grown in the finest soil free of toxins, pesticides, and heavy metals. Plus, it's also non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, and keto-friendly. Best part is that they have an absolutely delicious taste. They have two different flavors, maple cinnamon and pink Himalayan sea salt. I love them both very much so actually. I love using the maple cinnamon to add onto smoothies, to add a nice crunch, and I love using the pink Himalayan sea salt to add a crunch to my salads. Grab your own bag now by heading over to eatonhemp.com slash align. That's E-A-T-O-N-H-E-M-P dot com forward slash align and use code align for 20% off. Again, that's eatonhemp.com slash align, E-A-T-O-N-H-E-M-P dot com forward slash align for 20% off of your purchase. Plus, if you do not like your product, they give you a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you got nothing to lose, and you got your whole omega-3-6 ratio situation to garner from this excellent product. Um, I really love these guys a lot. I put them on salads and smoothies, as I mentioned, and I think you guys are going to like them as well. Jump over to eatinhemp.com slash ally. All right, here we go. Back to Zipocast. We're in it. Okay. Audio's gone. So you are a uh, astronautical. astronautical engineer. Mechanical, arrow, and astro. Turned mad scientist, water guru, and the darn, expert. And that started very soon. By the early 70s, I was into reverse osmosis. What was your role in the production of RO machines, reverse osmosis? I would say we really designed and made the, the first viable and successful countertop and undersink reverse osmosis systems. Very simple at the time, but what we did that made our company is that we went out. Remember, this was just so new. All the water dealers, you know, people who sold softeners and filters, yeah, they didn't know about RO. So my brother and I went all across the United States, rented a room in a hotel, and the dealers would come, and we did this for a couple of years. So we educated the United States in RO for consumer use. Then we said, hey, there's a lot of things. Then we went into laboratories, printing, and I don't know if you've heard, everybody makes a joke, or most many podcasters read somewhere that uh, we invented spot-free rinse. Okay, I don't know if you've ever used like it on in a car? car wash. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, we we, we invented that in the early 80s. Huh. And uh, people laughed at us at first at the International Car Wash Association in Las Vegas because people, you know, the average person thinks that water just leaves spots, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, water, period. doesn't matter if it's pure or impure, it just leaves spots. But once you remove the minerals from the water, there's there's no spots. And so it became like a big success in the car wash industry now everybody has it how does the the mind of uh is, you seem like you would be put into a category of some level of, of uh, genius 
I would say. By far, absolutely as, not even close. So, <laughs> but so as far as the things that your mind has been able to produce and the innovations and inventions mm. and things of the sort you're involved with, with the, the, the Minuteman 3 and various different... Yeah. I'm an innovator. You are. Certainly not a genius, you know? Well, genius is relative. Da Vinci, Gen Steiner. Yeah, but genius, you know the original definition of genius in, in old, old ancient Greek no. Greek times? It was uh, genius is, is like the inner whisper that we all have access to, but most of okay. us are, are clouded by the, the, the static noise of who we think we, we're supposed to be and what we think we're supposed to do, but beneath cool. that layer is an inner genius. Yeah. I would say we know very little about reality, consciousness, our existence. You know, I mean, it's pretty sad yeah. that we're, we're our awareness level is in a little tiny band. So I had so my my original question was, what's the seed and the germination process and the origin story to a brilliant engineering mind? Because that's so different. That that I form got of it. mind I got is your so answer. different. What is it? Let's start with deuterium. When I when I became aware of it, the health science of deuterium, yeah. which was say ten years ago, just aware of it, yeah, and curious about it, and then I got closer to this reality where we're actually importing deuterium depleted water from Russia. As I would go to conferences, doctors would ask, you know, mostly doctors would ask me, Robert, what are you in, into now? Because we're always curious about innovators. I said, well, I'm into deuterium depleted water. But the question they would have is, holy shit, you know? Most of them would say either what's deuterium or I remember the word, but I don't remember what it is. Yeah. But when I was eight, I knew what deuterium was. And when I was 10 in the Cub Scouts, to the dismay of many of the other parents, my Cub Scout patrol was called the Adam Patrol. Okay? Not, not the Wolf Patrol. Adam, not the like bear the insplitable piece of matter? Atom, yes, A-T-O-M. Mm. And the symbol was the atom, and it's like, who is this kid kind of thing. And so that's it. I was passionate beyond the control of adults about learning. And so my parents were like, holy macro, like your kid is weird. And, you know, by the time I was 12, I had a full laboratory in the basement of our house in New Jersey. I mean, like by the time I was 14, Princeton University was a regular visitor to my laboratory. Okay, mm. things like this. Why were they visiting? They were visiting because I was building a something called a linear particle accelerator. Mm. Okay, that would accelerate particles, atomic particles, and bombard targets and, and to see how it would change the matter. So you need special expensive equipment. Expensive and so shit. Princeton donated this shit. You created a particle accelerator when you were 14? Yeah, in, in my basement, of all things. How does that happen? One of the things that powers a, a, a linear particle accelerator is the Van de Graaff generator. Did you ever see those? You know, those you've seen them in sometimes museums for, for children's science, like a big ball and sparks come off oh, of yeah, it. Oh, sure. yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I had one of those in the basement because you have to have that to supply the energy for the particle accelerator. What do you think it was that, that gave you access to the gifts to be able to perceive those things at such a young age? Because I was picking my nose and wanking and smoking cigarette butts when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't... Re you, I had no awareness that I, I was to do anything but just on this mission. I read voraciously. I experimented a lot. Things like I repeated some of the classic experiments of scientists, like measuring the charge on an electron, okay? And my parents were like, hey, this used to be our game room. Our train set used to be over there. Our ping pong table used to be here. 
they even had a bar, but the bar is now like a laboratory bench. And, you know, I had Tesla coils and so on, and, and I entertained the youngsters of the neighborhood. You know, have you? I don't know if you've ever seen a Tesla coil, how you can hold, like, fluorescent lights up to it, and they sure. light in your hand. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And I just had the kids just going crazy, because they could put 10 kids in a row, and they would all have lit bulbs without any current. And, and like, you know, the neighbors thought, this we can't have this much of this kid because our televisions also don't work when he's around what do you think about the whole conversation around fossil fuels and renewable resources and like going back to tesla times and having access to renewable resources a far far time ago yes all of that i believe along with the other deceptions that are forced upon us probably probably one of the biggest if not the biggest is that energy is free and tesla discovered it probably other guys too and the science is known and even more advanced, but no one is allowed to touch it. Have you seen Thrive too? Yeah, the yeah I've seen Thrive. Okay, so I mean, it, you know, he was that both Thrive movies with Harriman go through all these lost and ignored and suppressed and censored sciences that should be powering us without having to bring wires and all that stuff. It's it's so tragic. And this is all to the financial gain of big oil or what would be what would be financial the reasoning gain for is secondary. That? It's just control. You, you, it takes a long time to get that there's just something, and I won't say that I figured it out, that there are entities that just want to control, control. And the greatest control, I believe, that's happened certainly in your and my lifetime will be what is coming. And it's coming very fast. It will be global. It will be like the whole world will be like Hitlerian Germany. Hmm. That's a very powerful thing. You're going to be... Look, you're not going to be able to travel, and me neither, unless we get stick stuck with an unproven toxic mRNA vaccine. I mean, like, is that okay with you? It's certainly not my preference. It's not my preference either. And the fact that somebody is so powerful that they can take a vaccine that isn't even out of the out of the research phase, yeah. a vaccine that every week we learn that something it causes something we didn't understand in the cell and that the preponderance of doctors in the world are against this vaccine they're so good at it they're so good at fake news they just show you the doctors who go this is great and everybody should do it they show you the famous people they show you the pope getting stuck they do that and everybody goes well shit everybody's doing it but if you look at the doctors, the preponderance of doctors who don't have a voice and the best ones have been totally silenced very methodically by the companies we also tend to love, Google, Facebook, Instagram, they're all in on it, okay? Everybody's in on it. Everybody's been bought. And there's a reason. I don't know that that's true, that, that everyone is in on everything. It's not it's bought. It's probably more like hive mind mentality than, it's, than, it's, yeah, than everyone it's, individually I didn't mean being bought, bought financially. In some, there's some way they're influenced is a better word. Well, that's for certain. They're influenced and, and I'm not sure I understand what their piece is and what their gain is. But I know that somebody who's been around for 15 years, who's been one of the best health reporters, which is Dr. Joseph Mercola, when he gets censored and he just tells the truth, and one of the best research organizations ever on health stuff. When he gets 
when he gets taken out by everybody, YouTube, it's like, whoa, what does this mean? I haven't figured out what it fully means. But, you know, Dr. Cowan, I mean, he had to quit being a doctor. He said, I can't take this anymore. They're just showing the doctors that lie. I feel like I've pulled my nose out of the conversation almost entirely, other than like in private context, um, just because I acknowledge that I'm in my own echo chambers and I'm certainly not an expert of virology or immunology or like any of this stuff that's been happening over the last 10 months. But I do feel as though most people could agree with censorship and a loss of the freedom to, to communicate one's opinion, cracking that door is a really slippery slope and can be incredibly dangerous for a culture. And so that, to me, I'm in alignment with. Where When we're censoring people just for, for having opinions, that, that could be very dangerous. Well, it's, it's uh, you know, history proves how dangerous it is. Yeah. And history has had, you know, for thousands of years, bouts of extreme censorship. And in our, kind of in my lifetime, you know, certainly the biggest, I'd say the biggest moment, certainly what Germany achieved in censorship and and power over the people. And hey, uh, hey, you have to report your neighbors if they're Jews and we come visit them, that kind of censorship. And then we had censorship in my lifetime. The first thing that really hit me that was big was the JFK assassination. Hmm. Okay. And what was the censorship during that time? Well, I mean, it was, oh, we have a lone gunman and, and he shot uh, Kennedy from, you know, the fifth floor of the book depository and as this arcade was going down and then we learned that, and then there was a Warren report and, you know, everybody's, oh, wow, so that's what happened. But that's not what happened at all. Mm. I mean, there, there's still, there's still, there's probably a hundred books showing the details of what might have happened, but it just gets lost over time. And then after Kennedy assassination, which was 63, not sure I can recall anything like super. I mean, there was a lot of clandestine things. You know, the CIA got very powerful. The NSA got very powerful. And I will say that in my early years with astronautics, my brother, who was my partner most of my life in science and so on. We both spent time in the intelligence community, okay? And that is one of the reasons that I'm very aware of the things that maybe you're not aware of. What does that mean, spending time in the intelligence community? I can't say much more than that, but you know what the intelligence community is. I mean, let's say it's, you know, the CIA, NSA, uh, the FBI, etc., as well as other members of my family, okay, relatives, and this remains in one's lifetime as a source of information that we perceive it as much more reliable, much more the truth, much more shocking. I mean, 9-11 came along. That was a big farce, hmm. a giant lie, okay? Buildings falling down, planes that weren't even hitting the building. I mean, it just, you know, I'm, I'm a, because I'm a scientist, you just become a student of the detail. I probably spent at least 500 hours watching studying all the reports from 9-11 the buildings crashing i'd I'd, pref I'd prefer for this conversation to go into the directions of of water and and technology That's and fine. things of the sort um but to say things like that so emphatically confident is incredibly polarizing and quite uh daring and bold why do you say that with such great confidence because certainly 
upon examination of the videos and you know them falling at the same speed as if you dropped a you know baseball off the top of the tower and tower whatever the other one that was nearby holding various inf- information and such just suddenly being seemingly demolished like a perfect demolition job is like, like very amazing <laughs> <laughs> to, yes, to, yes, to see. <laughs> and so well, to not I ask questions it. would be, I, I feel like would be foolish not say like huh like how is that really possible if there wasn't some foul play but to say it's so just foot down and confident like that is something that i don't, well, I don't rarely see, hear on a podcast a, if you do have and you're trained from the perspective as a researcher a scientist somebody who looks at facts details scientific aspects of an event and there's people who who are you know a hundred times more qualified than i to examine how a building should crash and what even hit it you have to stand for what you observe and what you know to be the truth as an engineer how should that complicated how should that a building crashed isn't it an engineering mind how if if there was no foul play building seven shouldn't have crashed at all i mean that's that was the name of the other one that's the big (laughs) that's that one's ridiculous yes that one's truly ridiculous and also there were almost everybody that i know knows that the building was taken down by a series of thermite bombs yeah there was there was witnesses around that they were suggesting right and then and there were you know there's reports like who entered the building two weeks before oh there was a whole bunch of people doing work on the elevators or something i don't remember the oh, details. i didn't hear that part. yeah i mean that's like very well known and there was apparently some 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 interesting splits in the in the support beams as well i mean, I saw, I've seen a bunch oh, of sure. different documentaries. Oh, sure. That's what a thermite of, bomb does. It just cuts it. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. And well, per, and, you, per, and perhaps ultimately, just to continue like changing the narrative or running a new narrative, perhaps there could have been, perhaps all of that is true and that was influenced from outside forces and that and it still yeah. wasn't an inside job. And, and if yeah. that were the case, I'd be like, I buy it. Yeah. I'm like, yes. But like, there's wow, a litany how brilliant. of reasons, but political financial economic that that go along with that that there are books written on and you just haven't been exposed to them and you know and moved on and that's that's okay me particularly most people yeah not just you but most people don't i mean there's hundreds of books of analysis and video of that event i mean you could spend the rest of your life going over it and i guarantee if you did if if somehow you developed this strange passion for it you'd be calling me in about three years and going holy jeez robert so 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 i'm i'm more enamored just with how confidently you're you're saying that in a in like a public platform and that's so i'm like i'm like oh like that's interesting so within that how why was it an inside job then from from your perspective or or experts that you know's perspective you know it was a depository for trillions of dollars worth of bonds gold etc and lots of things got moved around hmm. okay and and that part is probably the least part of what i've studied i studied how it was performed you know the the, the destruction yeah. of the world trade center but of course I've been exposed to what was there that caused it. That was really the end of my study and going, holy jeez, this is too much. All the fakery that was done, all the robberies that were done. I mean, you know, central banks, central banks run the world and we don't even get that. I mean, people just live their lives and now it's getting really serious again. That's what I fear. I've never been so afraid in my life Mm. as now. All right. So... 
I'd like to continue on the on the the Tesla technology thread. Uh, okay. Have you seen the 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 uh, yes. who, who killed the electric car? Oh, I think I have. That's his documentary Netflix, and it's just about the the electric car that came out. I think it was like the seventies or eighties or right. something like that. Now there's that it was worked effectively. It was like you know well before Tesla and Prius. Oh and all yeah, that the stuff. electric like the car was in the late eighteen hundreds. Right, and then the the original uh, Model T from Ford, I think, was it ran on hemp oil, and it was you know like our yeah. dependent our dependence on fossil fuels. Yeah, you can never run really any car on on any oil yeah. basically, and hemp could be used probably not as cheaply as. Uh, as uh, you know, petroleum. My brother and I were friends of Stanley Meyer, the guy who made the first hydrogen car mm. in which the hydrogen was derived from simple water. Okay. Oh, that would be cool. He was taken out. We, mean, he was, could we do one, that? One day he was there, and so we could have cars run on water now. You reckon? Sure, people do. Of course. Why isn't Musk putting that out? Just forbidden territory. Really? Forbidden territory. Yeah. Who for who forbodes can, this territory? I mean, you can buy a you can you can buy a water making or hydrogen making kit that just electrolyzes the water and produces hydrogen. To I think right now what they'll let you sell is something that enhances your your gas. Mm. So you get whatever instead of getting twenty miles to a gallon, you get forty miles to a gallon, and it's just water that's electrolyzed from electricity hmm. that produces oxygen out of one port and hydrogen out another. And engines work beautifully on hydrogen. I mean, you know, BMW has a hydrogen car. Toyota has a hydrogen car where you go fuel up with hydrogen. Oh. They don't have it where you make it from water. They don't want you to know about that one. Who do you think the the the, the forces that would be foreboding such such innovations do you think that those forces are individuals do you think that that the, the corporate entity acts as its own form of mind no do you think that there's like a like an overarching zeitgeist that's there is beyond individual that most people refer to as as uh, i don't want to sound corny as the cabal we have modernized that word define cabal a cabal is a, a group of, of anciently powerful people, perhaps in, in the centuries old, the Masons, the Freemasons, mm. okay? Mm -hmm. The cross, uh, the golden crossbones. And what is the function of that at the deepest, highest level to have any malevolence throughout culture? I would say influence, power, money, control, and possibly, possibly, contacts with aliens extraterrestrials yes now we're talking robert <laughs> yeah i'm a big believer in the <laughs> what do you think of the whole trump document saying on the, on the covid covid doc bill whatever it's called in 180 days they need to to disclose information about contact with with outside interplanetary no, whatever I never, alien i stuff. don't even know that yeah that was a thing 100, yeah. 180 days which i think from, we're coming up on 180 days really? yeah i know there's a lot the do you know the famous disclosure project no okay uh doctor i can't remember his name he's very famous you can look up disclosure project he's an md who i guess 20 years ago said i've just about had it with all the things that are known that aren't being told to the people and he's very famous he has many videos and appears on many events that its purpose 
is to persuade those who are a barrier to mankind knowing about extraterrestrials. Hmm. And I'm not sure it's a good idea myself, okay? Mankind should not know no, about extraterrestrials? No, I'm, I'm not... It's very unpredictable how man, if you really, like, landed an extraterrestrial on the White House lawn, okay? And they come out and, and, and they can go zap and your car disappears. I'm not sure that mankind could handle that. I feel like we would manage it quite well. You do? Yeah. I was saying the same thing before the whole, for the most part, global economy shut down for a ridiculous amount of time. And I was on the camp before COVID that I was like, people were, were kind of, there was whispers and, and rumors of, of, oh man, there was going to shut down. I was like, we can't shut down. Like, come on. And then sure as shit, we shut the freak down for, you know, almost right. a goddamn year in a lot of places. Right. And I would, that would be something to me that would be a more of an impossibility than an alien coming down and zapping a car into, you know, smithereens or whatever like i feel like i feel like the human mind is capable of almost anything once you well, put it in front can, of us we just your, get used can to your, it can your human mind uh, uh grasp that virtually all the strains of coronavirus sars covid19 blah 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 are have been patented for well over a decade yeah i've heard these things yeah yeah that's very interesting. i mean it's not like you've heard them but you know i have them what does this mean what would the what would the intention of said hypothetical aliens be in these potentially malevolent acts throughout culture and society? So what's like the logical outcome well, uh, for, okay. for the gain of the aliens? I can't think of any things that were attributed to the aliens that's like like major negative. Like yeah, I don't either. think they had anything to do with the World Trade Center. I don't think they killed Kennedy. I don't think they brought COVID, uh, blah, blah, blah. I think they're mysteriously neutral. Some people say, hey, they're, which sounds reasonable. There's good aliens. There's bad aliens. There's aliens that like humanity and aliens that don't like humanity. So I, I guess the information is just either I'm too fam unfamiliar with it or there's just not enough truth. But I think they are definitely something that can enter Earth's space that we do not know about. Hmm. I wonder if the alien entity or, or consciousness could be that of like corporate entities at an individual level, like the, the human beings, the, the CEOs and the bosses and all that at this point are just sub organisms, a part of a grander organism that has its own intentions for its own well-being mm -hmm. and humans are or just functionaries in they're it? just functionaries within a grander system and and, it's, and and it's a system that we inherently created in the first place but now it's it's so large that we're almost like parasites on the side of a shark that are feeding off of it yeah. that's not a perfect analogy but yeah. i've, I've yeah. <laughs> like i wonder if that is the alien the alien um, is something that we created it's here on earth i think there's many aliens that are extremely biologically different than than humans hmm and some that are very similar to humans. And we both know that it is likely that aliens interfered with human genome somewhere in the lineage of Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon to modern humanoid. What was the interference? I don't know about this evidence. The mechanisms of the body. It, it's like the missing link. Like it doesn't make sense. And I don't have the genetic knowledge Hmm. To explain, like, hey, you just don't go from from the Neanderthal man to the fully upright walking humanoid in this space of time. So thank you for delving in to You're the, very welcome. To the <laughs> I want your audience to know that by best science at this time, the universe is about 13.8 billion years old. 
people should know that. All right. I've, I've, 13. I've heard this number. 13.8 billion years. And, and something, an event happened then that most scientists agree, but not all are sure that there was something called the Big Bang in which, let's say, consciousness and energy were transformed into matter and other kinds of energy. And that matter spread throughout emptiness and involved and ultimately created all the elements of the periodic table. I want your audience to know that, and so few people due to our flawed American education system, especially in science, that the elements of the periodic table, the 92 natural elements, make up everything in the universe that's physical. There's waves, there's photons, there's neutrinos that I'm not including, but the mass of the universe is from the comprised of these 92 elements. When is what is Earth? Is Earth 3.8 billion years? Is Earth, that the, is that the origination of the first prokary, prokaryotic cell? Yes, but that's not Earth is considered to be 5 billion years All in right. its beginning formation. Yeah. of the gravitational attraction of space dust and space rock, right? And when you have things attracting like huge things, it it creates heat and gravity because Compression creates heat, expansion releases heat. So it formed, and then the heavier elements, like iron, is one of the most prevalent elements in the Earth's crust, started sinking toward the center because it's being attracted by all this, right? Because it's heavy, more attraction, and it ends up becoming our core. And because of the compression, the core is a molten core of mostly iron and nickel. So where did the water come from? On the uh, Earth. Meteorites. Because it was so hot, there's no water that could have survived, or if even if there was some, it I, wouldn't have survived. I envision the Kool-Aid man. You know the Kool-Aid man? The Kool-Aid man is a good answer, but Thank it, you. we're, we're going we're gonna to call it the comet. Man, okay? Oh, comet. I said meteorite like an asshole. So like maybe a half a billion years after Earth kind of assembled into a hot ball, about a half a billion years, something that science calls the, the late heavy bombardment was just like millions and millions and millions of years of bombardment of comets that are mostly ice. Why? <laughs> Why are they ice? Why were we getting ice stormed? The universe was new and things were flying around. And because you had billions of years to deal with, it, eventually a comet will come here. Okay. In the next 20 billion years, a comet's going to come right to this location, this address and obliterate it. Just mm. count on it. Okay. Sure. And just don't be here. Yeah. Don't drink too much deuterium depleted water oh, if yeah. you live don't for care. a billion years. Yeah. A comet storm or a things of comets that were created by the stars, etc., etc., just came flying through and it was like a continuous meteor shower for millions of years and they deposited water and completely covered the water the earth with water and that set up the evolution of life really. How confident are who would this be? What kind of would this be like like biologists, geophysicists, so so those people, how confident are they with these theories? There was like a percentage. So like we're like 10% confident this happened, 80% Among confident this happened. the scientists, I'd say it's well over in the 90s. The only other opposing thing you have are the special creationists, which I like gave serious thought to at one point, but now I don't. It's, it's uh, you know. It was creation, 6,000 years? 6,000 years and a couple 
six thousand like two what years. What do you mean by creation? Creationists. God created created all this oh, stuff. It was like six thousand years ago, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Adam and Eve, the yeah. Garden of Eden. But yeah, but yeah. it it certainly it certainly doesn't look that way. And I tell creationists the biggest thing I say is, if God really made all this, I just find it hard to believe He made so many mistakes. Mm. Okay. What kind of mistakes? Like mistakes, like why do you have a, why do you and I have a tailbone? Mm. Okay, my left testicle hangs we, lower than the right. Too. Well, that's another thing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's from that's from that's from too much dosing and ice water. Okay, what does dosing mean? Oh, what you know, psychedelics? Jumping in, jumping Drugs? in. No, no, I wasn't thinking of dosing. Jumping yeah, no, into but, this but cold it's your language. Now that shrinks them up, yeah. tight, tightens them up. So, um, uh, that is true. That is true. Uh, Science. So. You know, I it's evolution. Just it's it's very clear it made mistakes and corrected them, and it's just not the way God like would have done it. You know, after when life started the prokaryote, yeah. right? It say three point eight billion years ago. Some little chemicals came together, amino acids, some some you know some chemicals from beneath the earth, some gases. Maybe some ammonia, some hydrogen came together, and it just made something that energetically could move and 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 ultimately reproduce. It did not have mitochondria. Hmm. And that's one of the things that developed separately. Mitochondria developed. Mitochondria developed on their own, right? The mitochondria they did. their own their own organism. And then they bacteria. like got together. Okay, yeah. and just like God wouldn't have had to do that. Really, I mean, he just says, "Hey, these little cells—they need mitochondria." And I'm just going to design it that way. He wouldn't like play. I don't see a God making the world that way in, in like what six days and not logical. And so it is true. The geologic record shows that after almost two billion years—two billion by two billion years from from three point eight billion years when life started two. After two more billion years of, let's call it, our version of evolution, you know what you ended up with in all of those two billion years? You we're ended s- up still from, floating from, in water. You're still floating in water, and, and you're called a sponge. Two billion years to make a sponge. We got to sponge level. I know God is a much better uh, scientist than be able to take two billion years to make a sponge. So we... St- we stuck around as little little spongy organisms for billions of years, yes. still floating around in water. And then something caused life. Then land formed. Land wasn't around for a long time. It was just water on the earth. And then land came in about 2.5 billion years. Did land come in through like evaporation or something? There's no, tectonic, no, no, tectonic no. movements? What, yeah, what, how totally, we... totally. Volcanoes started. The, the heat is getting released by the, the core of the earth. So that whole time that the, that the earth blew marble, this time com- in, 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 entirely blew marble, that whole time the, the earth's crust and mantle and all the parts below are churning and twisting and Crazy. turning and fully alive. Yes. All the little pieces that were coming up slid together and formed the famous, sometimes mythical Pangea, the one continent. And then that started through tectonic plate movement and so on, splitting apart into Africa and South America and North America and so on.
I want to take a moment and thank our friends over at BioOptimizers for supporting this podcast. In the biohacking world, you hear experts talk a lot about blood sugar and how we need to keep our blood sugar balanced and to avoid spikes. Although I'm guessing many of you don't know the science behind why this is so important. So let me explain. It doesn't matter whether you eat a donut or drink a glass of orange juice. Low fiber processed carbohydrates from crackers to chips to cookies to juice all have similar effect on your blood sugar. When you take in a lot of carbs too quickly without much fiber or fat to slow down absorption, you could experience what we call a sugar crash, which leads to low energy, brain fog, and weight gain. And due to the addictive nature of sugar and carbs, once your body brings your blood sugar levels back down, that's when the cravings kick in. And if you give in to those cravings, it starts the cycle all over again. So I hope you can see how important it is to maintain healthy blood sugar levels. The question is, how the freak do we do it? Well, one way is to reduce your intake of processed carbohydrates and make sure you eat fat, protein, fiber, and greens at most meals. But none of us are perfect. We all cheat sometimes. So it just makes sense to have a way to maintain healthy blood sugar day in and day out, even if you have an off day. That's why I recommend a product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough by BioOptimizers. This easy-to-take supplement is the result of numerous tests to find the absolute best formula for maintaining healthy blood sugar. In fact, BioOptimizers went through five different formulations before landing on this one. Blood Sugar Breakthrough works to safely lower blood sugar after meals so you can maintain a healthy weight and redirect carbs to your muscles where they can be burned for energy. This means you'll avoid the worst effects of high blood sugar, like weight gain, while enjoying more stable energy, mental clarity, and fewer cravings. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, just go to bloodsugarbreakthrough.health/align and save 10% with code ALIGN10. Then try Blood Sugar Breakthrough. Oh, and if you use that code bloodsugarbreakthrough.health/align your exclusive 10% discount will already be applied so jump over to bloodsugarbreakthrough.health/align to get started i'd also like to thank our friends over at element if you want a free sampler pack of my favorite electrolyte beverage i recommend jumping over to drinklmnt.com slash align. That's drinklmnt.com slash align. So why does that matter? I know many of you are just as into fitness as I am. And if you are like me, the summer heat has you sweating like crazy from your intense workouts. Did you know the more you sweat, the more electrolytes you lose? And the more electrolytes you lose, the worse your performance, endurance, and recovery will become. That's why it's extremely important for us to pay attention to our electrolyte levels. We need to replenish for optimal performance and optimal recovery. It's just a fact. Although I know most of us aren't replenishing our electrolytes the way we should during a long endurance workout and after a hard high intensity workout. We either aren't replenishing them at all or we are replenishing them with sports drinks and packets that are filled with shitty synthetic ingredients and lots of added sugar, all of which do nothing productive for your health. That's why I exclusively use LMNT Recharge. It's a small packet that's easy to grab on the go and mix into your water bottle. I only use LMNT because all their ingredients are real and recognizable. Plus, all their products are always sugar-free, gluten-free, paleo, keto-friendly, and science-backed. LMNT contains over three times the electrolytes as your average sports drink. Plus, it has zero sugar, whereas your typical sports drinks will have around 30 grams. I highly suggest adding LMNT into your wellness routine this summer. 
And guess what? You can get a free mother freaking sample pack. You're gonna receive a free LMNT sample pack, including eight packets of LMNT, two citrus, two raspberry, two orange, and two raw unflavored by heading over to drinklmnt, spell it out, dot com slash align. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com forward slash align. You only pay five bucks for shipping and they send you out that sample pack to try. All right, I hope you guys enjoy it. Back to the podcast. And ocean water, you've described it as the, the primordial ocean. And and we, we were talking about Quinton, the, the, the seawater um, yes. little, what do you call those little containers? Ampules. Ampules, yeah. Can you go into a little bit of description of what the ocean is? Can you kind of define sure. for me a little bit of like what okay, the ocean so, is? So the ocean, first, it does contain, if we were to evaporate, we would go down to the beach, which you're very, we could walk to. We, and we came back and we just put on, on the saucepans that water and we boiled the water away, the liquid water. We would end up with a grayish white substance on the bottom, a powder that would contain 90 elements. Okay. No, it wouldn't contain. Because the gases, 11 of the elements are gases. And they pop out. Yeah, and they would come out. But let's just say there's 92 elements that God made. Yeah, that form everything, and eleven of them are gases. Is God responsible for the for the Big Bang? Yeah. Okay. Cool. As life evolved, there was some point in which life left the ocean, and it is estimated that plants left about four hundred million years ago. Okay, four hundred million. That's pretty late in all this. You realize? I mean, that's amazing. Like, yeah. like, just, life loved the ocean. All sure. of the serious evolution took place. Why? Because you had everything. You had like weightlessness. You had all your food. But the biggest thing any physiologist or biologist knows is that the toughest thing that the human body does is regulation. Something called that every doctor knows is regulation. And regulation is adjusting all the things that we're experiencing on the outside and making things happen in the inside to take care of it. Like it's getting warm. It's getting dark. You know, all the stuff that goes on that we react to in the day, you get excited. You see a beautiful girl. All this is regulation, but in the ocean, regulation is provided. Life for whatever reason became curious enough to leave the ocean. So Rene Canton made one of my favorite statements about mm. life leaving the ocean. So all of those elements have solubilities in water that are very specific to the nature of the element. So in water, when you expose the ocean or water from the comets to all the rock and dust and stuff of the earth, which contains all the 92 elements that's more or less with the gases, each of those dissolves to a specific amount, a specific solubility. This is why the analysis of all ocean water for everything, calcium, magnesium, potassium, xenon, uh, titanium, it, it's all the same. And it's very specific. That's the magic part. So when you buy trace minerals or electrolytes from somebody, they don't, they don't respect that as that magical aspect of seawater. And that's that proportioned group of elements in which life 
not only arose, but it evolved for two and a half billion years, man. It must have been a damn good solution, right? Hmm. And Rene Cantone recognized that so much that he said the only way life could leave the ocean for a terrestrial existence was to take the ocean with it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, isn't that like, like so profound? Take the ocean with it. We're walking aquariums. And then I'm just going, holy mackerel. We're just a marine aquarium. We took with us a diluted form of the ocean. Hmm. We're not the same concentration as the modern ocean, but the ocean changed even though the proportions of the elements remained the same. It became more concentrated or less concentrated depending upon other geophysical things. So in the beginning, it was probably an isotonic ocean that life began in. Define isotonic isotonic please is i mean it ha- i'm going to assign a number to it but isotonic is a solution that is the concentration of your blood most mammals blood plasma the concentration oh, like from a ph perspective the, or what? nope not the ph but the sum of all the elements that concentration so in in a doctor's office or a hospital they might go oh, we can't add all those they should. We can't add all those elements. It's too expensive. It's too... Since we're only going to give you a liter of, of IV, we're just going to use sodium chloride because most of your solution is sodium chloride. So isotonic is about 0.9 grams of the periodic table with its proportions in one liter of water. And seawater is 3.3 grams of the elements of the periodic table in one liter of water. Hmm. So a saline solution that you would get would be 0.9 grams of salt, sodium chloride, because you your fluids are mostly sodium chloride. But when mammals left the ocean, their blood was straight isotonic. I'm not, nobody's really sure what concentration, but it would have contained all the elements. And this... Uh, René. René. Canton. Canton. René Canton. Is a French guy? Yeah. Yeah. He had an interesting experiment that we were discussing before of, of the transfusion of... Yes. Was it, was it the keton stuff or what was yeah. it that they no, put? Yeah, no, no. It was the keton stuff. So he actually... So I need to look this up because I haven't looked this, up, this stuff up myself, so I'm taking your word for it. But he transfused... He took all of the blood out of stray dogs. Well, at first, you know, he literally just put some solution in to see how it would work in yeah. 1897. But by 1904, when he did his demonstration before the medical elite of Europe, he drained all the blood out, as much as you could get. It's like getting blueberries out of a bag. You can't get all of them out. Yeah. So he got as much blood out and replaced it with an isotonic solution. How did they not die water? during the replacement? Was he, were they drained of blood for how, or they're, they're actively yeah, putting, I mean, putting yes, in the other? Yes, I mean, the dog can survive, but probably they initially, as they removed blood. They're they, adding in the other stuff. They, they are, but you don't know that detail for sure, the exact process I, of how I, they did I, it. I, I should know that detail because it's written up in minute by minute discussion in yeah. his so book. we can look this up. I have this in English in a hundred places. And the, the treatise he wrote on this experiment, which is 500 pages, is called L'eau du mer, okay. milieu organique, which means the water of the ocean is the same as your or you, meaning life, organic milieu. Milieu being like solution. The solution of all the parts, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. 
And this blew everybody's mind. And then, you know, in both world wars, World War I and World War II, Laboratoires Canton made the reserve blood plasma isotonic for the war effort, for the Allies. So it's been used like a gazillion times. It's still used now. And what has been found out quite recently is that if you have to give someone a blood transfusion of whole blood, okay, sometimes you just have to give them plasma, but if you have to give them whole blood, it appears that Quinton Marine Plasma Isotonic is just as good or better as replacing or adding back whole blood. This has been proven. I can't talk a lot about it. So does the body convert that into blood? It does. Then? It does very quickly. I mean, the spleen just like starts making. And they've learned that the isotonic, the fact that the, the, it has all the elements. It gives it the raw materials to be able to produce blood. Like mad. Interesting. It, it stimulates red blood cell production more than anything else. Hmm. So I will cannot tell you like what th there is a religious group. You may guess, but I won't tell you if you're right. That is prohibited. I mean, in their belief system, you cannot ever get a whole blood transfusion because Scientology. It, no. All right. And maybe Scientology <laughs> has it, but I don't I don't think so. But but if, if whole blood is there is like the rule that it, it gives you the other person's spirit or something like this. And it's it's a it's a very popular religion. There's been rat studies using using um, baby rat blood infused into adult rat blood and then giving them traits of of, of youth. Oh, you dude, of, that's done with humans. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, gets into like young whole plasma Hollywood is is stuff. one of the no, no, not not the vampire stuff, but but it's it's you can go to a hundred doctors in uh, California that will give you donors, uh, uh, young people, their plasma, and you you do it. I, I'm I'm going to do it. Mm. It's very powerful. And recently, just like weeks ago, I read, and this is a little bit technical and probably your audience wouldn't be interested, but maybe there's some, some biohackers who, who would really find this interesting, that by just using regular saline, meaning salt water, meaning sodium chloride, salt, like regular salt, sodium chloride, and a special modified form of albumin was just as good as the young plasma mm. in producing youthing effects. Hollywood so, uh, vampire, not even necessary. Not even necessary, but 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 I, <laughs> I, over. I can't imagine what got me excited. If you mix Quintone isotonic with albumin, this special form, I think it's going to be a big deal. Make there's sure there's the there's a lot of people who who IV Quintone. Huh. I've done it maybe ten times, like two hundred and fifty cc's. Really? What was the effect of, of IV? It's, so, it's, so Quinton, it's, simply, Quinton, it's simply beautiful. So Quintone is is. Essentially, seawater. It is essentially seawater. Either hypertonic is straight seawater mm -hmm. taken from a very special place. I, I think you've heard it's taken from a, pl a plankton yeah. bloom, a plankton rich place. So it's extracted from just ocean water where there's, where there's feet, a lot of plankton. Yes, and but it's a hundred feet down. Feet down which is below the phytoplankton, but on the bottom, three, two or three hundred feet down is the zooplankton, meaning krill is the zooplankton. Copiopods are zooplankton. They're the animal version of plankton. And then on the top where the light is are phytoplankton. And it's kind of like a cow in the pasture kind of situation. Every, I don't know how many times a day or whatever, but 
the zooplankton ascend into the phytoplankton and, and use it for food and then descend like cows going to pasture and coming back. In the middle of them is called, it's one of the most studied things in oceanography, is this magical area called the zone of biocenosis, which is probably the most nutrient complex and rich bioreactor on, on the planet, <laughs> bar none. They, those bioreactors also make about 60% of the oxygen on the planet, okay? I mean, that's... And the plankton blooms are huge. You know, maybe some could be hundreds of kilometers across. So they go into a plankton bloom. The plankton... I'm saying it's 60% of the oxygen? Of the oxygen. The the sum of the plankton blooms on Earth produce about 60% of the oxygen. And then the rest are done by, you know, the tree here. That's an impressive number. I mean, how cool, man. The freaking... The secrets of the ocean... Yeah, it's so interesting how enamored we are by by space and you know going interplanetary travel and whatnot. It's like we don't I know, know jack we don't even shit know about jack the shit ocean. about the ocean. And 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 there is a fear factor about the plankton blooms because the oceanographic industry realizes they are very susceptible to to madmen. So the plankton blooms are monitored exquisitely by boats, buoys, satellites. And, 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 and it's controlled. So if, if Laboratoires Canton wants to go into the plankton bloom, they have to notify. They get instructions from the Oceanographic Institute of Madrid, who then authorizes them that you have the license. You, you, you know how to go in properly and not screw it up. So it's a very controlled thing. So I would like to discuss something that I think many people, including myself, don't really understand, which is structured water. What is that? Why does it matter? How does water become unstructured? What is the difference? Like, what is structured water? Okay. I mean, that's a great question. And the public is is so mystified over it. And just say it's a generic term that applies to a hundred things. Okay. It would be like you ask you not coming from Earth and just and asking me the question, what is candy? Uh, okay, I've heard this word. Everybody seems to like candy, and then I, and then you're ready to go. Okay, so this is like Hershey. Candy. Okay. <laughs> There's gummy bear candy, and that's what water is like. Interesting. But there's a lot of caveats, and a lot of lying, and a lot of deception regarding structured water because it's become a very luscious promotional thing. So what are some ways that we could structure water? Well, we influence it with forces and information to change something that's not its natural state. For instance, you have H2O. If you have just pure water, you have H2O molecules, and there's a lot of activity with the hydrogen bonds. They're very vibrating, right? I mean, water molecules are like going, they look like they're going crazy, bumping up against one another. Hey, I'm going to take your hydrogen for a second. You take mine. Lots of that is going on. Hmm. And when you can influence it, some of the influences, influencing things can change the structure or the groupings or the configurations of the water molecules themselves. So that's one kind of structured water. You've heard of hexagonal water. water. You've heard of pentagonal water, okay? So these are those groupings that the molecules themselves take. But then there are higher order 
influences that aren't dealing with the configurations of the water molecules, but maybe they're influencing the rate at which the bonds are vibrating or resonating. Okay? Hmm. And I can just go on and on. And well, what if we introduce a magnetic field to it? What does that do? Well, well, that, that does another thing to the water grouping. But here's the takeaway I want. I mean, we could just spend one week actually discussing structured water and try to get through the bullshit part. So the hottest structured water right now, and I'm, I'm going to back into this, is called easy water. Sure. Okay. Fifth phase of water. Fourth phase. Fourth of phase water. of water. My fault. Easy water, exclusion zone water. Yeah, and that is water that you influence if you have it in a laboratory. You can influence water by having a hydrophilic surface of something plastic. They usually use a plastic that's water loving, and water starts to rearrange itself in the presence of these hydrophilic forces. And brilliant Gerald Pollack and his team said, holy mackerel, this is the way water is in the cell. And they also call it the gel phase, that that the water takes on a structure. And in the cell, once that water is prepared and gets in the cell, the cell has many forces. The forces, everything, I mean, electromagnetic forces, biochemical forces, resonant forces, and they tremendously influence everything inside the cell. They influence the water molecules, how they vibrate. So it's beyond complicated. But this fourth phase water, easy water that's in the cell, this has been like abused. People go, oh, I have easy water. I've made a bottle of easy water. Okay. Well, if you talk to uh, if you talk to the Pollock group, I mean, this is delicate stuff. Why would any layman human give any shits about exclusion zone water? Ex- exclusion zone because water. Because you think that if that's what all your cells are, if you think simply, and I could, con- I bet I can convince any group of consumers here in Venice. So you, you know, here's all the work of Dr. Pollock and. He shows that, that your water in your cell is like gel phase, exclusion zone water, and, and, and you know you can't get enough of it's in your cell. And when it gets screwed up in your cell because of toxins and other things, you start to get sick. So I have, here you go, we have a bottle of exclusion zone water. You drink it, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to supply you with exclusion zone water. But I tell people, you cannot drink exclusion zone water and have it just like fit into the puzzle in your cells. Your stomach is a barrier that doesn't like configurations of things. For instance, and I have for a decade, I've told my colleagues who work with water and most of them go, Holy mackerel, Robert, I didn't even think of that. That when we take our special waters, it has to go through the stomach. And I said, and yes, a stomach dissolves a sirloin steak in about 20 minutes. What do you think it does to a couple molecules banging up against one another? You think they're going to like keep their structure? They're not even close. Stomach's like one of those cell phone app language translators. Uh, Exactly. Give me whatever language and like, here you go, back to stomach language. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect analogy. So I tell them, listen, I tell them, look, if you're, if you make a water that you think is, is, is physiologically beneficial, 
start your experiments by nebulizing the water with your with your test group. I don't know what nebulization means. Nebulize means so a nebulizer is I mean you've seen it. it it's like a vaporizer. You you've seen them, you know, for children who have asthma oh, or, you know, you know, it's, this is a nebulizer. Vaporizer. It's it's a nebulizer is a sophisticated vaporizer. Okay. And it turns a liquid into an aerosol, little micro droplets of the liquid. This is like a volcano weed smoking apparatus. Well, I'm. Would I don't it be know. like a like a like a vaporizer you you you'd burn plants with or no? No, you're vaporizing no, 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 the, because you're not using heat to do it, and um, you're not making a a vapor. You're making an aerosol droplets. Oh, you're okay. making droplets. Okay. And so those droplets just go into your lung, and they're assimilated beautifully into your bloodstream, and bingo, perfect. No stomach, no acid. Uh, so. That's what people should try. And so structured water... Hold on. So with the, with the exclusion zone water, I'll probably keep saying it wrong. Um, so the fourth phase, there's a book by Jared Pollack called The Fourth Phase of Water. Correct. And it literally is the fourth phase being like ice, vapor, you know, water, like ocean, you know, and then lots gel. of water, and then gel. Right. And that's something that is a, a, a recent discovery of sorts. Recent. Very recent. That there's another phase. So we've there's always had this, this, this story about it. And what that is, is essentially the composition of the water when it's next to a hydrophobic, could be just like a, like it's laying on a table or a glass, like the, the around the edges, there's this different structure yeah, of I water. Yeah, I mean, it would be like, let's say you put a piece of this hydrophilic plastic on the bottom of a beaker and you poured water in it. That force of the hydrophilicity, I guess we could call it, the forces exhibited by that because they're charges and so on, will cause an influence in the water to have it go into the first thing that Gerald Pollack would say in his book is that all the little particles that are in naturally in the water, okay, like micron particles, they, they, they move away from this surface. They start collecting in another place. And this water layer that's near it starts to become very ordered. This is hydrophilic. The water is attracted to penetrating it as opposed to Hydrophilic. phobic. Hydrophilic. And the water is attracted to it. But the particles, and the particles could be blood platelets or something in the body. Okay? I'm just making this up kind of. Yeah. So think of it biologically. But they didn't have that. They were just using little, little I think, silica glass microparticles. And they go, what the hell is causing this? Oh, my God. And those forces are what's in the cell, and the cell has it too. So there's a fourth phase of water. That's really interesting. Um, and so so within that, that's just a fun piece for Jeopardy that that exists. The value of that for a human being to be able to extract that in a nebulizer or, what, or what it may, whatever it may be, there's some potential healing components to excursion zone water or it's Exclusion. just but so is there there's some some benefits or this is just an interesting no, kind of oddity no, no. that's, it's, a, that's it's fun to talk about beneficial okay first of all this is the structure of water you want in your cells but as i said a lot of things disturb the structure yeah toxins but here's the worst one radiation you got it yeah cell phone radiation yeah is what disturbs the structure Fatally. Very dehydrating, that that radiation. Yeah, dehydrating is like, hey, I'll take dehydration any day. But you start effing with the structure in the water from electromagnetic radiation that we as a culture are in love with. Yeah. Okay, in love. Yeah, sure. It's our deepest relationship. I don't think I've ever seen, I've, I've never seen such a love affair between people who 
you know, cell phone users. It's I mean, truly it's, a religion. It's probably the most impactful religion on earth. It is. As far as like I what mean, we're devoting our, our, our attention to. Yep. When I was flying to, um, I, I think I was flying to Mexico for that for that special retreat, and I think we flew to Phoenix first. And I'm on the I'm on the plane, like sitting toward the front, and 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 totally surrounding me were 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 ten women. They were all like a copy of one another because every single one. I was literally amazed. Every single one had embraced in the same way, held in the same respect to her body, the cell phone. And, and, and we're, we're like, it was more important than anything in life is to have this cell phone to be able to communicate. And I get it and I understand it. And that's what made the telephone famous. You could contact somebody a long way, way away. And so we just I want just, to feel connected. Yeah, you know, we, we do. Tribe. We're desperate. We I mean, we're a lonely community. culture. Yeah. So, so th- this this really like, oh my God, how do we get out of this? How do I help people get out of this? I talk a lot, even at that retreat. I talked a lot, and and, we, and I'm I'm going to tell your audience I'm wearing a shirt that is an anti five G shirt right now while I'm on this interview because I'm so passionate about this. Why? Because I know what it means. I know how destructive it is. And it breaks my heart when I see children handling cell phones and I know that their delicate physiology is like, you know, what are they going to be when they're 40? I mean, they're not going to be the same person. Could there be a low level um, usage of cell phones that could actually actually act as a hermetic stressor where it's of, of, of value? I don't to believe your- it's been st- Studied, okay. Even though it's been studied with radiation yeah. itself, yeah. Okay, I've, I've and you know that. that. But I don't think with electromagnetic varying, uh, like varying radiation, and it could be certain frequencies and not others. And it is true that hermetic reactions are done with what we call nuclear radiation. You know, subatomic particles, beta, alpha particles, and so on. That can help the body respond in a positive way. But we are screwed with this radiation. And, and here's the connection that is going to be a kind of liberating. The radiation you're getting from your Wi-Fi, from your cell phone, from, your, from everything. GPS is messing with the structure, the delicate structure in your, in your cells. And that's why then I explained, do you understand why I, re- I told you you can't drink structured water? It's going through hydrochloric acid, excuse me. And it just takes a few little microwatts of, of, of energy in an electromagnetic radiation form to mess your... Wait, so are you saying those $2,000 water vortex golden spiral machines don't really matter? Nope, nope. I totally agree with vortexing. Okay, you're okay. down with the vortexing. Because the vortexing is another and a higher order influence on water. It's not molecular structure. Okay? Is the value of a vortex, I know we're going we're going kind of, well, we're still on topic, but a little bit like of a new shoot. Um, is the, But with a person that would like to start structuring or tinkering or structuring the water at home, is essentially one of the things you're doing just just kind of stirring it up like it's going through kind of nope. like a spiral pattern of sorts nope. or like what you're is what is what is that at the at the i guess it's called the vertex or the apex the vertex of these of the spiral you are in training let's just say cosmic energy okay what is the it's cosmic the, energy the, mean? the energy of of space and space time and it's 
often called the zero, you've heard this, zero point energy. Okay? Yeah. It, it's part of the field that exists, the uniforming or the, you know, the space field that we don't understand for shit. But the vortex reorganizes the water and then exposes it to the field. And it has a proven beneficial effect on all biological forms. That's easy. I mean, you can, you know, you can vort if you vo- vortex water properly. And I'll show you a vortex or two. Yeah. You, if you vortex the water properly, the sprouts grow better. Wouldn't vortexing water just be like if water was moving down like a babbling brook? That Wouldn't too. that be pretty vortex? No, no, it's energizing. Yeah. Uh, th- th- that, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. If it's, you know, it requires the involvement of nature. And the vortex kind of does it a little bit artificially, but it is bringing it into the... Uh, the zero point field and that's what's important and so when water is going through is it coming from like a still sitting in a in a pipe or moving through a, a pipe just going straight yes. out the pipe down through your faucet or sitting in a tank for an extended period the literally the 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 structure of that water changes and that change Properties, impacts yes not I, I i always try not to use the word structure because yeah. people think oh the molecules no it doesn't have to be the molecules it can be quantum level effects yeah resonant bonding effects vibratory effects it's very complicated okay and unfortunately our our, our the industry you and i share has tried to make it very simple and made oh is that that dog food is made with structured water? I'll, I'll take that one. I mean, yeah. that, that's what it's come to. For people at home, what would the, what's, like, what do they, there's other options as well, right? Can you, like, put some salt and kind of well, put a jug outside in the sun? Or Oh, what? that's another one. That's another effect that affects the bonds with infrared light. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to go there. Yeah. You brought me there, but that's where I was going. Right. So things screw up the water in your cell, in everything, even even your natural body metabolic processes will mess with the structure of the water. And you have you ever heard the term protein folding? Yeah. Protein folding are proteins that are produced, uh, you know, through DNA transcription and then they get done. But to make them work and, and like, you know, this is another thing. God, did you really think of this one? That you take these little like submicroscopic proteins and then they got to get folded to work. I mean, you must have been working overtime too. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating to me. But that protein folding has to be accomplished in the structure and the easy water of the cell to make it effective. Now, and the protein folding, it's like related to hundreds. It's related to hundreds of things. So what screws up this 5G, okay, toxins, etc. What fixes it? What fixes it? Taking a walk near the ocean. It's light. Yeah. Photonic medicine is the new direction that we've overlooked. Other cultures have gotten it, but we forgot it. Grounding, I'd imagine, as well. Grounding helps, but the light is the big one. The photons, especially of... Infrared and far infrared. We're in an infrared sauna right now. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Infrared and far infrared rays penetrate the tissues of the body. Of course, you're just filled with fluids moving. The rays are hitting the fluid 
and they're preparing it for final structuring with inside the cell. This is critical. Everyone has. You must expose yourself to infrared, often called red light, but uh, you must expose yourself to infrared rays. Which is you're going to get an abundance of first thing when the sun comes up and when it goes down. Exactly. So this morning I was up at... um, I just automatically wake up at like whatever, 6.40. Yep. I look right across the whole L.A. harbor. The sun, I, I, I go out on my balcony, right in the middle of my balcony, chosen for this reason. The sun is coming up. Yeah, I love that. You, are, you can look at this sun for up to one hour. I mean- You're like sun no, gazing, like staring at it? Sun gazing, very important to bring that same frequency into your optic system. Yep. So you can look at this for, you know, say um, up to a minute yep. for the first hour and then forget it. It's, it's too yeah, strong it's over, for yeah. your eyes. Yep. And then just expose as much of your body as possible. I mean, I do really, I try to do, I do fifth, my, this is my personal routine. I'm not trying to tell anybody that I'm the guru, but this is mine. There's something very special about the receptors on the bottom of your feet. So I expose the bottom of my feet for 15 minutes. Mm. I sit in a chair because the sun is very low. So I, I, you can't lie down in, in, in this situation unless you're on a beach or something. And then I do the front of my body just sitting in a bathing suit on my balcony. Yep. And then I turn around and face the chair and, 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 and do the other for 15 minutes. But if you can even, if, if you can only do 15 minutes, do 15 minutes. Sure. It's magical. I mean, you just take a walk. Huh? You just take a walk. And you can, but, but, but the point is you want as much of the exposure of your skin. And, yeah. and, and, you know, you know, I'm not sure everybody just wants to walk around the, the, in a bathing suit or a bikini. Yeah, it depends where you're at. Morning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it depends. It could be too cold in the morning, et cetera, et cetera. But if you can't do this, then you should absolutely get a red light and near-infrared LED emitter. Right. And you, you, I'm sure you know them. I mean, one of the most famous ones is, is Juve. Yeah, they a good job. Even though my favorite one, I can't remember the full company name, it's, it's Platinum, Platinum LEDs. It has panels that do both frequencies, both red light and near-infrared. So I think ultimately a, a really important conversation point is the impact that radiation from Wi-Fi, cell phones, and things of the sort have on our cells in our body, which are, which are predominantly comprised of water. And so what that is exactly, how do we remediate that, and how in like a, you know, most like normal worlds, what are, what are actual steps that we can take to actually be better within our, our homes without like being complete tinfoil hat, you know, moving to Joshua Tree inside of a yeah. space container? Kind of thing. Like if you live in an apartment it, building, it, like how do we how do we address that? It is not good. Yeah. It is not good. The first thing you should do is make sure you can get the light even if you have to use LED panels. Yeah. That's one thing. And when you when you wake up, et cetera. And probably get out of your second, third, fourth, tenth story you building have and get to down to change. the ground. Probably get in your trees as well with deep roots. You you you, you should hardwire all of your electronics. Okay, your Wi Fi. No more, no more radiation. Hardwire. 
Which I think so few people it, it are is, actually it is, do. It, no, so few people do it. And if you live in a workspace like mine with, uh, you know, a hundred other people, yep. people's spaces, yeah, forget it. Yeah. It's, it's so if you, are, are if you are a Wi-Fi person, and most people even on like the, the far reaches of like biohackdom still probably are just going to get a wi-fi out of convenience so for that person keeping your phone on airplane mode yeah. and use the wi-fi yeah. then the next thing probably very powerful is learn what light bulbs to use in your in your space mm. okay very 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 important and there's i'm not an expert but you must seek experts to find out what I mean, this is why people use blue blocking glasses and yeah. so on. You must get the right frequency on you if you're in a light space at night. Yeah. Yeah. I use salt lamps at night mostly. And I love, I love candles and, you know. Okay. And, well, that's neat. I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's that, like romantic. I, it's, I think it's a nice thing to, to, uh, I don't know, treat yourself romantically. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I think <laughs> it's that soothing. Is. Like there's, that, there's a reason. Candle lights, it's mostly. It's mostly infrared, far infrared light, really. Yeah. Near infrared light. Yeah. It's funny when you when you when I'm with another person, I'll take all these steps to make the environment feel soothing cool. and good and all that. It's 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 an interesting thing to to have the openness to treat oneself in that similar way that I would. It's so easy to do that with someone else. I get it. You know, and so having that, I think, is a valuable thing. Um, expo keeping your work area near sunlight probably is quite valuable. Yep, I'd imagine opening the window so you're getting that full spectrum of light. Yep. We didn't even talk about water filtration. Well, but that's okay. I mean, y y you know, we we didn't talk about water purification. That'll be for another. That'll be time. for another we time. We didn't talk about deuterium yeah. depleted water. Oh, all right, that was what we were going to talk about. I know. We'll have to do another one. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> thank God I lived I down to, the street. I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about evolution. That was the main thing that I was really excited to talk about. So I think we went. We went. We went into that. Um, but one of the things is the electrical field in your house from your own electricity. It's very good right. to turn off again. Unplug. Uh, to turn off, not unplug. That doesn't help. Hit the circuit breaker. To, to turn off the main circuit breaker, and that, and and now what is the problem? Well, you can't you you can't turn off the main circuit breaker if your refrigerator is on it because yeah. the stuff. So there are complications, and people bring in people to rewire. Unplugging is powerful. If you have, because uh, uh, I've, I've had, um, we didn't well, unplugging with, with what though? Hoyer, Only if something is running. Uh, un unplugging itself, if there's no current running, it doesn't matter. The current makes the field. The flow makes the field. When you plug in, I once again, I'm so not an expert of any of this shit. But when you, I had a guy called Andrew Hoyer, I believe is his name. Okay. Do, you know, do you, Andrew? No. He does uh, bi building biology. Is, is oh, yeah. kind of like a term for it. Exactly. And so he came and biologized my my place, and and that was one of the things that we found with with his testing machines. Were when I would have the f I have a salt lamp beside my bed. Um, used to like read and whatnot. When I would have it plugged in, it was like going off the charts with with the things, even if it was you know on or off. And then once we unplug it, then it's you know it was it was my room was actually pretty clear. Interesting. But I, so I, in and around that cable when it's plugged in, whether the light's on off or whatever, that was that was crazy a charge or whatever the term would be some field around that yeah field so unplugging is a valuable thing okay, is there so any cool. is, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with good sir thank you so much for endowing us with so much oh. information yeah. and experience <laughs> and i didn't even get to talk you're goddamn 75 years old six 76 years old why not that's great you're a vital you're a vital mofo not even for 76 you're just a vital human being it's really impressive. As we were talking, that was something that was that was. And and frankly, deuterium depleted water is, is has been life changing for me. Not that I was like a slumber 
dump, okay? Yeah. But when I started taking this, probably within within 60 days, I realized that my no- maybe I had the energy of a 50-year-old, okay? Yeah. But now I have the energy of like somebody like I did in my late 30s. And I have to dump energy because my lifestyle isn't that of a 30. So, and, and I, people make jokes when I, when I go to, I mean, I tell this story, you know, more times than not. When I go to, when I go to Costco, I park in the furthest parking lot I can find and I run to the front door Right. and I'm going, holy shit, people ever knew me, man. They would think I'm absolutely nuts. Yeah. And then when I get that, that cart of stuff. I run to my car, and people really look at you when you're running with a basket of, of stuff. So price, yeah, price that's what I do. I spill energy. I have the energy. I mean, I. Well, I spilling get, energy is also a process of creating energy. Yeah, of course. It's like biblical stuff. Of course. You know, the rich get richer, poor get poor. Yes. You know, if you can get on the top of the energy train, then you end up being a conductor of energy. The yes. more stagnant you, you become, you're not gaining energy, you're actually draining yourself. Shit's complicated and simple. Yeah. Paradoxical. And it just <laughs> happened out of disorder. That's what's amazing, you know? I want to take a moment and introduce a beverage that has absolutely changed the game for me recently. is referred to as Magic Mind. I look at Magic Mind as a mental boosting energy shot. It boosts your mental energy, focus, and productivity. And those are things that are invaluable for me and I imagine you guys. Oftentimes, I'll feel a little lull, uh, sometimes in the afternoon, maybe sometimes in the morning. And there is some work stuff that i got to get done. And I've found Magic Mind to truly be supportive in snapping me into focus, kind of like dropping me into a flow state of sorts or making it easier to access that space. Uh, What I like about Magic Mind is it's real stuff. So it's matcha. Uh, It has a blend of nootropics, which are helpful with boosting blood flow and boosting cognitive function, and also a blend of adaptogens, which help to decrease stress, which we can all use. I've really been enjoying this stuff. I'm using it every day, and uh, I am a fan. I think you guys will really like it. Uh, After three to seven days of continuous use, I've noticed it's much easier to get into a flow state, be more productive, and I've been drinking less coffee. I like to just take it as an energy shot. Within 10 to 30 minutes, I feel the effects. You guys can try it as well, and you can also get yourself 20% off by going to magicmind.co, that's C-O, slash align so jump over to magicmind.co co slash align get yourself 20 percent off and if you do not absolutely love the product if it does not make an immediate difference in your life you get a 30-day money-back guarantee so if you don't feel effects if it doesn't uh, increase your flow state your cognitive function doesn't make you feel more energetic without the crash that may come from something like coffee. Get your money back. It is worth a try. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Jump over to magicmind.co co slash align. Um, do you want to do you want to touch on deuterium depleted water? Or should we wrap it up? It's 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 really up to you. Well, I'll tell you a couple things. Yeah. Uh, that people should know because I know that people are more confused about this confusing subject. Certainly. One deuterium is just a form of hydrogen okay and hydrogen as i showed you when you look at a periodic table you see hydrogen is the first one the lightest one and so on but most people don't realize there's three hydrogens three versions of the hydrogen atom that exist in nature two of them were made in the big bang they were the first two things that were made that's really un- that blew my mind the first two things that were made were a proton and a neutron Hmm. A proton and neutron with an electron 
That's deuterium. <laughs> proton and neutron plus an electron. Regular hydrogen, we'll call it regular hydrogen, but we're going to give it a word for everybody. Scientists call it protium. So there's protium and deuterium. We're not going to talk about the third isotope. It's radioactive and too complicated. But you have protium. Protium just has a proton and an electron and weighs X. When the deuterium absorbs or takes on a neutron, it weighs 2X. There's no other element that's like this. And it's heavy. I mean, I'm sure I skipped a heartbeat when I realized this, okay? Mm. Twice as heavy. Oh, my God. How does it react in chemical reactions? And, oh, my God, it's mixing with oxygen to make water. What's that water like? Okay? So that means that there's actually three kinds of water molecules in every glass of water you've ever consumed. Mm. So water we think of as H2O, okay? Right? H2O? I've never that's called it I've anything been, different than that. Parroting for years, yeah. H2O, H2O, H2O. But I just told you there's more than one H. So we're going to make believe the protium, mm. we're just going to keep the word H, and we're going to make believe we're going to designate the deuterium as D. So you can have H2O, two regular hydrogens and oxygen. You can have a regular hydrogen and a deuterium hydrogen and oxygen. HDO, we call that. And you can have two deuterium hydrogen and an oxygen. That's D2O. There's very little of that. But that deuterium, now we say, okay, you've got three molecules. How much is, how much is in a liter? Okay. How much, how much of this deuterium water? And we'll call deuterium water HDO and D2O. The other water has no deuterium. The other molecule, it's just H2O. Well, there's six drops, six drops of water that's made with deuterium atoms in every liter of water. Only six drops. How many drops in a liter? There's everybody, there's 20,000. So six out of 20,000. Deuterium was discovered in 1931. And those six drops, they didn't know that for a while, but six drops, eh, what the hell? We drink it? We've been living all, all our lives on this? No big deal. Seems like a, six drops is nothing. And well, it seems good to me. We don't know any different. It's just water. So then when they started to research, and here is getting right to the... If I took those six drops out of this bottle, okay? You and I worked the rest of the day. We had a bunch of bottles of water. We took out the six drops. Boom. We put them in a bottle. We took out the six drops. We put them in a bottle until we filled the bottle with pure deuterium water pure deuterium water. And then you and I say, let's have a hydrogen tablet in this stuff. And we drank pure deuterium water. It looks like water. It tastes like water. It would quench our thirst. But we wouldn't even be able to finalize our final conversation. We'd be both dead on the floor from hmm. that water. Oh, fascinating. That's how serious deuterium is. Interesting. That's why I, who's removed uh, contaminants for most of my career from water, couldn't believe that water molecules themselves were perhaps the greatest contaminant in water. Hmm. And I'm the first person I know who's actually referred to it as a contaminant. I'm not sure why that, that terminology was like never used. I don't know if it was because it would frighten people or they thought people would react or do something crazy, but... If there's more than 25% deuterium in a bottle of water, no living thing 
can last more than five days. But is it perhaps you know is it all just the poisons in the dose or whatever? However that it goes, is. like it's a it's a well, well it it is because you could say with a lot of th- if you drink too much water in general you get hypernatremia and die. So it's well, like water's not a bad thing. Well, okay. Could that or just could that that six it drops in twenty thousand? I mean, be... like you know, if it was pure deuterium, we'd last five minutes. Mm-hmm. If it was twenty percent deuterium, we might last five days. Yeah. But then we go down to saying, well, what if it's just point oh three percent? Well, science never answered the question. It just said, well, at this little level, everybody lives to roughly 100 years. Uh, you know, whatever. We're, we're doing okay. Yeah. But no one went down the rabbit hole to see, what's the deuterium doing at the mitochondrial level? I mean, do you know how long we've known much about de- about mitochondria? Not very long. Hmm. I mean, it's one of the heart, it's the last frontier of physiology. And and just for your information, my early world of health was basically free radicals and antioxidants, right? I mean, everything was, oh, that's free radicals. Man. Oh, yeah, I talked right? about that quite a bit, yeah. Bingo, and now free radicals is taking second chair to metabolism and mitochondria. What happens, but they have determined, and the Russians did all this. The Russians not only said, oh my God, if we have a high concentration of deuterium, animals don't survive. Okay, that's one That's one thing. But what about just the six drops of deuterium? They thought, are there any people that are getting less than six drops? Does nature make water less than six drops? Because everything they tested, the oceans are about six drops. All the water in, in fruits and things are about six drops of deuterium. And foods are another story. Okay. Fats have much less deuterium. Hmm. We'll tell your audience that. Hmm. Fruits have typically a lot of deuterium because it gets pushed by the plant into the sugars. So what does that tell you? Fats, low in deuterium. Sugars, high in deuterium. I think we want a ketogenic diet. Hmm. Ketogenic diets are naturally deuterium depleting. Hmm. Not to where you're going to be a biohacker, but every little bit of getting rid of deuterium helps. Hmm. So then the Russians went on and they found, as I have a booklet for you that you can read. The Russians went on, Russian gerontologists said, hey, somebody up in the mountains in Siberia, there's people who 80% of the people lived to over 100. Okay. What the hell is that? That's like, you know, only 10% of the people in Moscow do. And then they go, shit, 10% of the people all throughout Russia only live to over 100, but 80% of them do? Hmm. What's that all about? And it took them roughly 10 years to figure out because they tested everything, you know, all the things, you know, all my nice lifestyle, all that stuff. Nothing panned out except somebody who said, did you guys do the isotopic analysis of the water? I was like, what the hell is that? Did you test for the isotopes of hydrogen that make up the water coming down from the mountain? No. Well, that's the last thing we're going to do. And it was not 100 it wasn't six drops. It was four drops. Hmm. I mean, that's prof- it was four drops. And they go, that, that, that's crazy. But that was it. And the four drops, I do want to tell your people, because you're going to be confronted with this in the marketplace. The six drops, nobody uses drops. I just wanted to make it real for us. Sure. But the six drops we call, or science calls, 150 parts per million. 
I think most of your audience knows, you know, they look on, you know, how much magnesium's in my tablet and so on. 150 parts per million is a common measurement of the concentration of something. Sure. Not just PPM. Parts per million is the same as milligrams per liter, everybody, just to teach you a little science. So in this, there's 150 parts of deuterium per million parts of regular non-deuterium water. Okay. Not a lot. It's 150 per million. Okay. That, that That's the six drops. Yeah. So these people only had 130 parts per million. And they say, could it be that all these people lived over 100 years old because of the couple of drops of deuterium? And it took them 60 years to go, holy shit, that's true. And then people went further. It was all done in Russia. Then the Romanians got in and then the Hungarians got in on it. And they go, this is amazing stuff. The Russians even anticipated, could they make a super water for this super water for their population? So then they said, well, what happens? The Hungarians go, or a Hungarian researcher, and I'm making a little literary license here. He just goes, well, what if we... What if we take out more than, what if we drop it to 80 parts per million? What happens? Well, holy shit. These people don't get cancer. And those people that do are getting rid of the cancer. And they found out that cancer loves deuterium. Hmm. Okay? So the fact is, any amount that you reduce is helpful. So for people that don't know what you're talking about, deuterium depleted water is something you can get at fancy grocery stores and mm, online. I'd not imagine, many right? fancy. I mean, mostly they sell it at Air One it's sold in direct. Venice. Yeah, I mean that's ours. Yeah, Th- that's this one. Yeah, most of it's done like by mail and subscription. It's expensive. It's basically was a was a liter, twenty dollars typically. Deuterium depleted water is typically twenty dollars per liter. And then how does one consume that liter? Are they just Drinking that like a it's, bottle of water while they're no. playing tennis, or they're doing no, it's shots not like a it. bottle of water that has minerals or something in it. You're trying to use that deuterium depleted water, so instead of 150, that water has five. Mm-hmm. That's a big drop. Yeah, it's gonna start knocking out the deuterium that's in your body. It's gonna dilute it, and you're gonna urinate it out. You're gonna sweat it out. You're gonna breathe it. How out. long would it per? Because that's not gonna be financially sustainable for probably you know, 99% of people. Right on. How, how long would a person sustain buying $20 liter well, of deuterium like, depleted water? Well, it's, the question is how long it's going to cost somebody to use enough water to make this deplete. It, consider it a small car payment per month. So it'd be an ongoing thing that one would do for the rest ongoing. of your life? For the rest of your life. And if how you, much? How many liters of water you would you suggest a person? You, you have to replace, let's say, on the average of maybe 90% of the water you're going to consume in any form. So it would be converting 90%. So this is going to be like... Do you like nut milk? This is going to be like $80 of water a day. No, 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 no. So you don't drink this straight. Okay. That's the first thing. This is depleted so much so that you don't have to ship so much. Or is it like a cold cold brew? So you mix this. You mix this with more water. So let's just say... Let's just say you could mix this even with five times and have a health benefit. If you tell me that you're an Olympic swimmer and you want to break the record, then you're going to be drinking this one-to-one. And that's going to cost you 10 to 15 bucks a day. 10 to 15 bucks a day. I thought you said it was, it was 20 bucks for a liter. Yeah, but you're going to be diluting Okay, you're diluting all of them. Okay. okay, I get it. Yeah. So that makes a difference. If you were... 
if you just, the most that we feel that you can dilute this is six to one. That brings you to 130 parts per million, the same number that was used and proven by the Siberian group. That is like a standard. There's only one place on earth that truly has a very significantly low, mysteriously low deuterium level. Where's that? Antarctica. Mm. 89 parts per million. Wow, we got to get up there. If you know somebody, tell me immediately, okay? <laughs> All right, good. We'll write a contract before I leave. Well, I had some friends that recently did a, an Ironman. They, they filmed In it. Antarctica? Yeah, the yes. My buddy's at Yes Theory. They have a, they have a guy called. It's like the the ice the place. ice man, another ice man. They should have been drinking the the water. It probably was. Yeah, yeah. yeah they I filmed, mean, I they don't filmed think the whole they thing. They knew, but it's it's somehow it's 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 kept a secret. And I know a, a researcher who went there, and uh, I, I was telling her. She goes, "What do you what do you want to measure deuterium for?" She was a professor at Sacramento State. I went to visit her to talk about deuterium. She goes, what do you want to measure deuterium for? I'm going, what do you use it for? She goes, well, I measure like the deuterium in like coral and sea mollusks and, I, I, you know, geophysical science. Yeah. Okay. So what are you doing it for? I, and I told her the story I'm telling you about the physiological benefits. She goes, are you kidding? How did I never hear of that? And then as we went on, she goes, she had an aha moment. And she goes, do you know? Over the years that I've gone there, when I go to the cafeteria or mess hall, like everybody goes to one place, obviously, or in, in a given research group, she goes, I would hear these conversations that mystified me. Because people would be going, Charlie, how's your kidney now? He goes, it's all better. I can, my doctor can't believe it. Hmm. And she heard these isolated conversations that reflected like healing. Okay? Yeah. And it was, I'm going, that was it. You heard it. She yeah. goes, I never put two and two together. I never even thought why people were talking about their health like this. So it's profound. It's very profound. I would expect if somebody, if somebody your age, let's say you were to go and get your body. The key is to get your body below 120, 120 parts per million, your body fluids. Hmm. How do we measure it? We take your saliva, we send a kit, you suck up in a little special syringe your saliva, send it back in, it goes into this machine that measures your endogenous deuterium level. If you were from now, I'm not trying to convince you to do this, if you from now on in your young life were to do this for the rest of your life and didn't even look back, I would say with your total health program, which will be supported at another level, I'd say you could consider adding 20 good years to your life. Mm. And that would interest some people and it wouldn't interest others. I expect it to do maybe 10 years for me. Yeah, so cool. That, that's the benefit. I'll take it. I'll take 20 years. As long as you're good ones. As long as I'm, I'm, I've got yeah, energy like you when, as, I'm 70, uh, when I'm 76. As long as somebody doesn't kill you with a vaccine. Yeah, or getting some rodeo accident. Yeah. There are a lot of options. Do you do rodeo? No, not yet. Okay, good man. Yeah, yeah not yet. Um, well, thanks, man. What a time. We went hard in this sauna. This is the longest conversation I've ever done in the sauna. Yeah. I had to crack a door at the end. This is, it was, it was, uh, well, we, uh, we went in. Luke's story told me, Robert, you're the only person who wears out my batteries. Oh, good. Right. Yeah, we, we got them plugged in, so we're, we're fairly <laughs> infinite. Um, where should people go? Where do you want people to well, be pointed I mean, from Our here? company is called Drink Light Water. 
Cool. Dot com. Yeah. And it's very cut and dry. We have a subscription mm-hmm. to be on our water. You have to have a subscription of 16 liters per month. Now you can divide that if you want to go with a high dilution. You can you you can share that with your children, your your wife, whatever. Yeah. Discipline is the key or you're wasting your money. Mm. We don't want people to waste their money and here's why. The world's production of deuterium depleted water because it's so friggin' difficult and that's why it's so expensive is less than 30,000 people. Mm. You understand? That yeah. that's not even enough for the first two blocks of Manhattan Island in New York. Yeah. It's almost not existent. It's like the number of people that can fit into heaven. Yeah. Is it like 60,000 or something like 40,000? Well, I never heard that. Into the gates? Yeah, that's the thing. Huh. So yeah. anyway, but but the but the point is there's it's not the chosen a lot ones. Of this. We are in the we are in the process of constructing first a pilot plant in Colorado and once that's done we will go into full full production. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your your life with us, man. Next time, I'd really love to hear more about what it's like to be an elder in our world, which is an interesting thing. Hmm. You're over twice my age. You've yeah. seen the world evolve in so many different ways. I have. I wonder. And it's having it's having. I don't know if you want to call it like life wisdom or something. The times we are going through now clearly affect me more because of my insights into whatever society politics you know in the intelligence community they yep. affect me more and it it's very challenging for me mm. are things much different today in your experience <sighs> than that than they were when you were when you were even your age mm. much different i'm seeing somebody wants to take over control in in a way that we will lose our democracy our freedoms and so on and and it's like it's still like i don't get that people don't even get it look the writers the health writers i i, I won't say i grew up with the, of the last 10 years virtually all of them are censored they cannot express to us who were their audience yeah it's, it's, you know like like joe mercola had i don't know he's got an audience of greater than three million he can't go on youtube he can't go on instagram he can't go on twitter he can't go anywhere I mean, why? Yeah. What is he saying? And then, you know, I, I wish you could have a conversation with Tom Cowan. I mean, yeah. He's a superstar. And is he alive? Tom? Yeah, where's oh, he he's, at? He's a young, young doctor. Where's he at? He used to be in, like, Northern California for, okay. as a doctor. Yeah, I was just watching a video with him yeah, literally, and literally he's, last he's night. He's in, like, New Hampshire. He moved to, moved to New England. All right. We'll and, reach out to him. And, and he's... Um, he does. He's he's great. And also, uh, do you know the name Judy Mikovits? Yeah, yeah. She is like the preeminent virologist of our planet. Mm. I would say she is the most brutal in telling the truth. Mm. She worked for. She worked in Reno, Nevada. She worked in some kind of research lab. She worked under Fauci. Yeah, and yeah, she, no, I'm familiar with her. Yeah, Mickey Willis. You know Mickey Willis, the guy that did Plandemic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's a bud as well. He lives out in Austin. Yeah, so I've gotten all into. So the, the, I mean, the I've the had Judy many world. conversations with with Judy Mikovits, and I mean, I I just you know, I, I mean, she tells the truth, and 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 it's very depressing. She just said, "You have no idea what, what's going on." What do you see? Is what is your optimistic perspective? Just to to. You know, and what, what what's the light that you see in the, all of this these experiences, or is there there no light? There's what I would say over a public thing, and then to what I'll tell what I'm gonna say ten minutes from now to you. I have a lot of inner knowledge. 
I'm going to share some things with you now that we've gotten to know one another that are going to have your jaw dropped, okay? Mm. It's going to be another world for not only Americans, but uh, uh, everyone. What amazes me the most, it's being done so cleverly. I'd have never thought of this. I'd have never thought it was this easy to pull off like world domination, vaccinating everyone in the world. Holy mackerel. I mean, I lived in Brazil over eight years and I communicate with my friends there. And, and, and there's been a special on that Pfizer and Pfizer has gone down to the governments of South America and said, if you want our vaccine, we want your land. We want control of your airports and your harbors. This is Pfizer. And we're going to hold that collateral for some period of time to make sure that if anyone sues for the damage done by vaccines, because it's going to happen, I believe there's going to be hundreds of thousands or millions of deaths from the mysterious mRNA vaccine. That's what I believe. Hmm. And it's not going to be like, oh, my God, the guy died of the vaccine. I mean, there's people, there's like 25,000 people who died of the vaccine, according to the CDC. Okay? You'll never hear that ever published. Mm. But it's printed. But there's going to be a lot because the mRNA is going to cause other afflictions and conditions that never will be able to be related, never could prove it in a court of law. Hmm. It's very clever. I mean, they're, they're, it's very well, that, clever. Well, that doesn't sound like a light in this situation, but we can leave it there. We'll leave it there. Thanks, man. What a time. What a fascinating, <laughs> sonic conversation. <laughs> we I had sp- a great time. We span- I mean, this this we, will be one of the most sp- cherished moments of my, my, my late career. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Really? That's really cool. You just say I appreciate it. And we that. never even, we just knew each other in passing, you that's, know? That's correct, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Are we off? Uh, yeah, let me, I'll, I'll turn it off now. Thank you all for tuning in. Over now. Bye-bye. Thank you all so much for tuning in to that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Per mention, Robert is an absolute legend, and I'm so grateful to get to bring his mind to us today. Uh, if you want to share some parts of this, you can tag me at Align Podcast on the Instagram. You can also tag Robert at Rob T. Slovak. And let me know if there's parts of this that you thought were interesting, if you thought parts of this you thought were controversial. Um, I'm really interested in your feedback on what you gathered from this. And I just so greatly appreciate y'all tuning in. I hope this is making a difference in your life. And um, thank you for sharing with your friends. Thanks for reviews on wherever you're listening to this. Thanks for grabbing the Align Method book if you have. And that's it. That's all. I look forward to bringing another beautiful conversation to y'all next week.